Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. We are the West Coast Gamblers. We are here to make you money. My name is Tony Cavallo, as always, joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and it is time to put to bed the world of Tony Tires. I have to say, I was excited about the debut last week. I was excited about no! the debut. We're giving out Brinks bets, <laughs> best bets of the week, back up the Brinks truck, and Tony uh, Tires burned and failed. I was so excited for Tony Tires. Damn it. I was Damn too. We, we, have a, we have a full show today, a full show. We're debuting a new segment called War Stories. We have our back up the Brinks truck bet of the weeks. We have some NFL hot topics to hit, and we have the debut of my favorite podcast of the year, the West Coast QB Rankings. We ranked every single quarterback who started a game last year in the NFL season, one through six. 60, and we're going through the bottom dwellers today, numbers 60 through 43. It's a long list, it's a fun list, and there's some fights to be had because there's over 20 points of difference between each of our individual lists in this conversation. But first, I want to talk about last week's bet. Uh, round of applause for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. You hit your bet, buddy. Good job, Dan. Like I said, like I said, for, for the novice who, who, likes to ju- who wants to just start dipping his toes into this, go with what you know. I knew Syracuse basketball. I know Syracuse basketball. This week, I'm going to get a little saucier. I'm going to step a little bit farther outside my comfort zone. But I was happy to start off with a W last week. Syracuse uh, ended up uh, beating North Carolina State. A reminder, the bet was under 148 points. Syracuse at North Carolina State. uh, And Syracuse ended up winning 77-68. So nailed that. Good job. Good job by you. We're making you money. Now, the reason why we're debuting a new segment called War Stories right now is because everyone has those bad beats. Everyone has the time where they make a bet, and for 59 of the 60 minutes, you are winning that bet, and then the last chance possible, it gets taken away from you. Just, you can't believe. It must be you. It must be you. The heavens are looking down, and they're they're laughing and pointing the finger at you going, you putts, you thought you were going to get one, and you lost it. We've all been there. We've all had our war stories, and me and Drew both have one to share this weekend. Shave for the Sharp, why don't you go first? Start us off on your war story and your bet for uh, Streelman to be in the top 10 of the Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. You know, thanks, Tony Squares. I would love to lead off this new segment called War Stories because imagine this. Imagine it's Valentine's Day, and your sister has a five-day-old brand-new niece, and your wife is pregnant, and your family is there, and you're enjoying Valentine's Day. (laughs) But you just have to cast some lots. You just have to cast some lots. You have to cast some lots on the Sabbath on your boy, Kevin Schumann, <laughs> to make a top 10 finish at plus 500. And when you wake up on the Lord's Day on that Sunday, that beautiful day that the Lord has made, you realize, oh, my God, his odds are plus 188. We at the West Coast Gamblers are giving you value, boys and yep. girls. That was a money, money, money value, plus 500. He's plus 188. And what does he do on number 11? He holds out from 120. I'm getting texts from you boys. He's in the number. He birdies number 14. He's cruising. He's tied for seven. He's looking like a million bucks. He's got three holes left. He's well inside the number. He's on 16. He's 112 yards out. All he has to do is feather one up there in the middle of the green, two putt for par, par out, a birdie hole in 18, and we got this money in the bank. What's he do? He leaves it on the wrong side of the pin. Mm. On 16, 112 yards out, leaves it on the wrong side of the pin, has a tough, slippery chip, doesn't get it very close, and inexplicably, inexplicably misses a five-foot putt for bogey, (laughs) not for par, for bogey. And then at the time, it mattered. It turns out it didn't matter. He's got a a four-and-a-half-footer for Brilliant Team. At that point, does it have any shot to make? It does not. Finishes in unlucky number 13th place. I still think it was a great bet. However, we're going to tie in a little shape of the sharp gambling school here. Oh, and trust me, trust me. This is something that, you know, we're trying to entertain you folks and we are learning every day doing this, right? We are really trying to get better at this. If you bet a guy in the top 10 guys at plus 500, do you think he'd, at plus 500, do you think maybe at plus 275, he'd be good at top 20. Do you think at like plus 115, he'd be good at top 30. Yes. Sprinkle some on that, man. Sprinkle some on the top 20s, the top 30s. If he's good enough to bet top 10, he's damn well good enough to bet top 20, top 30. I was so disappointed that I missed that. But you guys were following. You guys were texting me. It was very, very exciting stuff. And I got some texts from some people that were tailing this bet. And just some spoiler alert, we're going to have the best bet segment soon. 
And I might be going right back to the well of golf. And I, have, I might be having more than one bet on the golf this weekend, boys. This man is a glutton See, for punishment. Yeah, this is getting a little bit dangerous. We call him Schaefer the Sharp. He is an NFL Sharp. But this golf stuff, he might he might be the square. He might just want to throw money everywhere. He took a plus 500 on his best bet of the week. That's a square move, Dangles. We're going to have to start calling him Schaefer the Sand Trap if, here, if he doesn't start hitting on some of these golf bets, man. Jeez. Schaefer the Sand Trap, Dangles. Now, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you not the person that texted me on that Sunday and said, did you at least sprinkle on him to win? Did you not say that? You were following. I did. I, I was following it because hey. of you. I was following it because I wanted you. you to win your bet. Of course I want you to be successful because when you win, we win. And when we win, the listeners win. The audience win. Everyone wins because we're making you money. Engaged. So, yeah, I was following it. Dangles, were you engaged? You were engaged. Yes, you I were. Was. We I was. I was. Yes, we're get engaged, people. Follow me on the golf. Follow me. Let's go. Schaefer the Sand Trap. From Schaefer the Sand Trap to Tony Tires. The debut of Tony Tires had Kyle Busch in the top 10 of the Daytona 500, a man who was even money to get into that top 10, one of the best racers on the course. And if you were watching that Daytona 500, it started around 1 p.m. Pacific time and finished around 9 p.m. Pacific time because it was a five-hour rain delay. There was a crash on lap 15 that took out almost a quarter of the field. Chaos at Daytona. But if you want to go watch... There is a, a, a NASCAR on Fox as a YouTube clip of the final laps of Daytona 500, and I implore you to watch this as I did, because it was chaos, and I was on my feet, and then fell to the ground, almost fainted when it happened. Kyle Busch, with two laps to go, was running seventh overall in a packed field. Joey Logano was leading, and they were all packed together. People are making moves left and right, trying to get up there, and Kyle's just fine. Seventh, sixth, eighth, seventh, sixth. Two laps to go, mind you. And what happens at the top? Joey Logano leading the race, gets backed into by the number two car. Joey Logano falls down into the infield. He's out for good. But the two car that hit him falls up towards the wall, the danger spot. And who does he run into? my man Kyle Busch. And with one lap remaining, Kyle Busch crashes into a ball of flames. Thankfully, everyone is okay, but he crashes into a ball of flames and literally rolls the car over the finish line at 15th overall. You cannot have a closer win than what I had on the debut of Tony Tires. Daytona 500, it should have been Kyle Busch's day to get in that top 10. We should all be making you money, but instead... Joey Logano, and the rest of the NASCAR crew. The NASCAR God said no that day to Tony Tires. They knew I didn't know what I was doing. They knew I was jumping into a field that I wasn't an expert in. They had to teach me a lesson, and I get that. But it's exciting. And as, as I said, Tony you got to follow Drew on Tony Tires' debut. you got to follow Shea for the Sand Trap. you got to follow Tony Tires, too, because there's nothing more exciting than NASCAR, and that's why NASCAR is the fastest-growing sport amongst people who can't spell the word amongst. What do you have, Schaefer? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I want to know where you. Where you I, oh, I want to know where you. Well, but, look. At least, no, at least you were there. No, at least no, you're no, close. Dangles, dangles. Listen to Tony Tires, though. Tony Tires. Listen, I checked. I, I showed up on that Sunday morning, and I, I, I got on my DraftKings app, free plug, and looked at where Mr. Bush was. His odds to finish in the top ten. Tony Tires got him at plus hundred. Guess what they were? Come the Lord's Day on Sunday, minus one twenty. Once again, let's applaud Tony Tires. That's what we call CLV closing line value what we do on the west coast gamblers we're giving you value well done tony tires sorry for the crash bud well we go from one and two on last week's brinks truck bet of the week the first time we've delved outside of the nfl with our bets and now it's time to delve back into it again we're each going to give you a backup the brinks truck bet of the week we're going to start with the only man who hit it last week matthew dangles d'angelo antonio save us some money make us some money what do you got diggity dangles Oh boy! All right. Well, here we go. Um, uh, you know, guys, I uh, one of the one of my greatest memories uh, from my times uh, spent abroad in Spain was uh, uh, my trip to Santiago Bernabeu, where Real Madrid plays, and watching <laughs> a European watching a European soccer game. Uh, I'm not betting on Real Madrid. I'm not betting on the Spanish league, but I am going to Europe. Uh, we are going to bet on some English Premier League. We're going to Man City versus Arsenal. All right, let me set this up for you guys. Man City is the best team in the Premier League. They've won 17 matches this year, lost two, drawn five. They've got more goals than anybody else in the league. They are far and away the best team in the English Premier League. Arsenal, middle of the pack. They're doing just fine. Nowhere near, uh, nowhere near as good as Manchester City. 
Um, uh, Manchester City's won the previous three league meetings by a combined score of seven to nothing. Their last league loss was in November against the Tottenham Hotspur. This is a team that is on fire right now. They have been crushing Arsenal when they have been playing them. So I'm taking Man City to win to nil over Arsenal, meaning they will win by a score of something to zero at plus 155. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I don't like a think, little soccer bet. I, I don't think Arsenal scores. They are playing at home, so that does kind of give them a little extra advantage as far as scoring a goal. But I, I just think, at least for, as far as I know, and I, I follow them loosely, my dad my dad is a Tottenham fan, and he also picks like one of the... He, every year he picks one of the teams that get brought up from relegation from the, the Champions League oh, yeah. and, roots, and just roots for them unabashedly. Um, so the last few years, it's been Burnley. They're looking at relegation this year. I was actually looking at them uh, in a bet. They're playing West Bromwich Albion this weekend, and I was looking at them maybe to take that no one scores at all in that game because both of those teams <laughs> are facing relegation. So that was another bet. I, I, that was another bet I was looking at. I can't remember what was the line on that. Oh, minus 120 for neither team to score if you're looking at betting on two really shitty teams. But I'm going to go with the good team again. Man City to win to nil, meaning they have to win something that means Ar- Arsenal does doesn't score plus 155 that's a Sunday match that's amazing that's amazing my brother is actually a huge Arsenal fan he's gonna hate that you made that bet uh, oh, sorry Dominic I, I, I'm sorry about your goonies I think man. we need to call Mr. Dangles maybe it's uh Dangle Lasso you know we could we could we could try that we one did just size. finish no? watching Ted Lasso so maybe Fucking that's why fantastic. I decided to awesome go I cannot awesome recommend show. it enough amazing yeah. I don't know how you watch awesome it and show. not feel great Jason Tudekis is wonderful Shay for the sand trap what do you got well, guys, um, as I, you know, said last week, you guys are in sunny Los Angeles where we all met and fell in love. And uh, I am in uh, Snowmageddon right now in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's negative eight degrees and it is terrible. Let me tell you, it is uh, not good for your mental state. It's freezing. You can uh, throw water outside and it just crystallizes immediately. <laughs> so once again, my mind is in the beautiful, lovely Pacific Palisades. Lived in Los Angeles for seven years. There was no better place that I enjoyed in the beautiful Pacific Palisades. And I think our boy Tony Squares has held a tray or two at the Riviera Country Club in his day. Mm-hmm. And why? Why? What do you know? The PGA Tour, the biggest uh, event to date with an amazing field, eight of the top 10 players, 12 of the top 15 players come to Los Angeles to play in the Genesis Invitational. Um, a fantastic tournament, a fantastic field. Now, Drew, and you know where my Drew. That's not the Sega Genesis. That is not. No, that, no, that is that is. Uh, sorry, it's the Genesis Open. I should mm. say the Invitational. It's the Genesis Open. We got to be um, clear Tiger, about our Genesis. Correct. And Tiger Woods uh, is hosting. He's not playing, but uh, it's where Tiger kind of cut his professional teeth. And it's an iconic, uh, iconic course, iconic design in uh, the beautiful Pacific Palisades. So, guys, just. Uh, how many how many uh, rounds are in a uh, golf tournament? Four, four. Well, it's your lucky day because I'm giving very quickly four, not oh one, but four. Very quick bets, very quick bets. Twenty squares. Don't be alarmed. Now we learned our lesson about. Do you the ever top see 10. four Brinks trucks outside of a Whole no. Foods taking the taking the money away? No, no you you don't because they would get robbed so fast that you make your head spin. Yeah, there, there's four FedEx trucks, but there's only one Brinks truck. So great. We, we, have right. the, so, we have the USPS bet of the week here. We got three FedEx picks, and I'll do this quickly. We're going to go all top 30s, all plus money. Let's go Adam Scott at plus 110 in the top 30. He won it last year. He's in great form. I actually could not believe he was plus money at top 30. Mighty Max Homa, he's a local kid, uh, plus 125. He's in great form, tied for fifth last year. Love the plus money here at the top 30. And the most underrated golfer, I think, in the game right now, Carlos Ortiz, he's probably the, he probably he's literally probably the best Mexican golfer on tour. He's an incredible ball striker. Uh, he's finished 26 or better the last four times in this tournament. We're getting him at plus 150, top 30. So we got Adam Scott plus 110, Max Homa plus 125, Carlos Ortiz plus 150 for top 30s this weekend. Now, back up the Brinks truck. Now, we all knew with my war stories, Kevin Streelman. Now, I bet technically a half unit. On this, on that bet, and like what we say at West Coast Gamblers, we're betting with real money. So I bet a half unit. So I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna bet one and a half units, because very conveniently, this bet that I'm playing is minus 150. We're gonna go back up the Brinks, back up the Brinks truck. Best bet, individual matchup: Cam Smith over Big Dick Gary Woodland at minus 150. Cam Smith 
first player in Masters history in November to shoot four rounds in the 60s. He's a premium ball striker. He's an excellent scrambler. Gary Woodland, not in very good form. Uh, his strength is off the tee. He's not a very good second shot golfer. I love this matchup. We're backing up the brink struck. It's at minus 150. I'm betting one and a half units. Cam Smith, individual matchup to beat Gary Woodland. I love it. I love it. He's taken any golf bet he can find. I think it's fantastic. This is the demise of Shea for the Sharp. I'm telling you right now, the 18 hey, hole demise. Shea for the Shantra. Hey, Shea for the. Schaefer the sh- Schaefer the sh- I can't even say that Schaefer the Sand Trap Schaefer the Sand Trap is going to be doing snow angels in the bunkers this weekend, boys. It's going to be raining. We need to get go. you a Schaefer the Sand Wedge to get out of this Schaefer the Sand Trap that you're digging yourself into with these golf bets here, homie. See, wow. I, I, I came up your day job, Dangles. I came up with a new nickname for myself, but now I think the listeners are going to be annoyed at all the nicknames we're giving ourselves on this show. But either way, we're going from Tony. Or Tires. it will endear us to them. Oh yeah, we're, we're we're going from Tony Tires. He ain't he ain't betting the tires this week. We're going from Tony Tires to Tony Top Shelf, where Grandma keeps the good stuff. We're going on the ice. We're hitting the NHL because, as you know from the NFL, there was a lot of COVID, uh, uh, not stoppages, but delays in games. You know, the Titans ended up playing on a Tuesday. Ravens played on a Wednesday. People were missing practices. Didn't know what was going on. NBA lost some games to COVID. The NHL right now is getting ravaged by the COVID. In fact, the New Jersey Devils just had two weeks of games postponed, zero practices at all because their team was infected with this disease and protocols were in place. Now, they came back after only one practice in two weeks to beat the New York Rangers handedly. But the New York Rangers are one of the worst teams in the NHL. You know who's not? My Boston Bruins, who are currently 10-2-2. They just lost their most recent game, but they are primed to beat up on the New Jersey Devils at home. Now, you could take them at minus one and a half for plus money. That means they need to win by two goals or more. I don't like that bet. Instead... I'm going to take a little bit of a minus bet as well, a little bit where the VIG is against you. you got to spend some money to make some money. I'm going to take the 60-minute money line for the Boston Bruins over the New Jersey Devils, meaning they must win in regulation. It is currently minus 143 on the books that I see. Boston Bruins, 60-minute money line over the New Jersey Devils because Tony Top Shelf told you so. There you go. The debut of a second character that hopefully won't go down in flames like old Kyle Bush did to Tony Tires. And that is your backup the Brinks truck bet of the week. Four bets from the supposed Sharp, an NHL bet from me, and some European soccer from Diggity Dangles. They said we couldn't branch out. They said we couldn't do it. They said we we're only football guys. I don't think so, folks. I don't think so. Speaking of the NFL, though, we got some hot topics to hit on, and that is coming up next, mostly so Drew can complain about a man he truly despises. Hot topic NFL stuff to go over. It starts and ends with the man who is entering the NFL ranks after dominating the college ranks with two separate storied, storied schools. Um, And one of those schools is uh, uh, the biggest rival, I think, Schaefer the Sharp has ever had in his life. The Ohio State University. Schaefer wanted to bring this up because Urban Meyer is hot in the streets right now with some of the personnel decisions he has already made. He's about two weeks into the job, and he's already... uh, He's he's walking on uh, broken glass right now, stepping on eggshells, a little bit too weary for the road right now. It's going to be an interesting situation down in Jacksonville. Schaefer the Sharp, take it away. What has you hot under the collar about our man, Urban Meyer? You know, the news came out whatever it was, last Thursday, Urban Meyer hires the former uh, Iowa strength coach, Chris Doyle, for the same position in, 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 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And immediately, they got some backlash. Like, that's weird. Now, to, to, to refresh people's memory, Chris Doyle was fired in June uh, uh, with cause from Iowa for basically um, disparaging African-American players, uh, underlying, you know, racist remarks, but also – uh, disparaging players with learning disabilities and just basically I just want to add in, I just want to add in my, my journalistic integrity needs to add in allegedly there are lawsuits currently going on correct so yeah he said he yeah he still- settled with the school uh basically right. they paid him out like a million bucks to to with his resignation but yes there are there is currently a lawsuit i think for like 13 players or so who all alleged that he um you know uh, discriminated against them uh 13 black players who alleged that he discriminated against them sorry Drew, continue drew yeah and and if you but if you follow the the comments from players that actually were iowa hawkeyes that had gone on to the nfl or not 
they all said, oh, this is pretty on brand for what Doyle was about. I mean, it was it was shocking to see how many, especially African-American Iowa players were just like, yeah, that's that's basically was was Doyle. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. So so Meyer goes out and without real just even hesitation, hires Doyle. And in his press conference, he got questioned immediately by the media. What about this? And this is his response. I vetted him. We had some tough conversations. You know, I can assure you that won't happen here. Blah, 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 blah. And what was so crazy to me in hearing this is, again, Tony, you, you, you mentioned the rivalry. Well, it wasn't much rivalry when Urban Meyer was there because everyone knows he never lost to Michigan. We couldn't hold this, you know, draft strap, whatever. I, I, I can acknowledge this guy is a great football mind. Now, I can't wait to see the results in the NFL because I really have no idea. I think it's going to, like I said in the American Kill, it could be a disaster. It could be great. I have no idea. So, but no one's questioning his, his level of IQ from a football standpoint. But this guy is, I will expose him for the narcissistic, egomaniac snake that he is for the rest of my days because he thought literally by saying to the media, oh, uh, I vetted him. We had a tough conversation. He's good. That'd be good enough. You know why? Because it was good enough in Columbus or it's good enough in Tuscaloosa or it's good enough in Norman because when you're a college coach and you are the mayor of that city and you're the empire that rules that campus, no one gives a shit. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You, do, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And he thinks he can come into NFL and say, I bet him. He's tough. It's, it's, oh, it was a hard conversation, but he's good. And people can take Urban Meyer word and that's good enough for people. That's a joke. And they fired him within 24 hours, 24 hours, an admission of guilt, so to speak. And he had the balls to say, we, uh, uh, we regretted, uh, we, we failed to determine the consequences of hiring Chris Doyle. Are you serious, Urban? This guy is more tone deaf than Riz Mead in The Sound of Metal. If you haven't seen it, go watch that movie. It's great. He's got more physical, he's got more ethical blind spots than Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles combined physical blind spots. The guy is a complete clown. And I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make very much money quoting Paul Feinbaum on this show because I'm not a particular fan of him. But I think Paul Feinbaum said it best. He literally said about Urban Meyer, predictable. And I quote, predictable. Anyone who has followed Urban Meyer closely knew he would run into something like this at some point. I didn't think it would be before the opening of a training camp before the draft. That's Urban Meyer, Feinbaum said during the show. Quote, he doesn't care what you think or what I think. He doesn't care about common sense or decency. He only cares about what he thinks. And it's the same thing that happened in Ohio State. And that just defines Urban Meyer. Now, now if I'm a Jags fan, I'll be honest with you. I don't really care that much because he's obviously trying to bring, you know, he's obviously trying to bring a winning program to Jacksonville. Um, but just ethically, man, this guy is a snake. Well, Dangles, let's go to our resident Jaguars fan. What do you have to say about that? Well, I mean, first of all, you shouldn't, I don't think you should be surprised, Drew, because this is somebody who has a history. I'm not has surprised a history. At all. Okay, not, I just want to make sure. This shouldn't surprise yeah. you because yeah. this is somebody who has a history of being involved with toxic cultures and toxic people. You know, there's a whole expose on Florida football, which, by the way, you know, mind you, this is great for Jags fans. And Jags fans, you're right, probably aren't going to care. They already love Urban Meyer because he coached the Gators for so long. And Gainesville's about an hour, hour, you know, and a half, depending from Jacksonville. So you got a lot of uh, 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 Gator alum. University of Florida alums and fans in Jacksonville. Obviously, they play the um, uh, you know Florida Georgia game there. Um, so yeah, I mean you had that whole expose. Aaron Hernandez, who he yanked out of high school early. Now a lot of coaches do that, granted, but you know Hernandez. We all know what happened with Hernandez and how he he got into trouble at college. Thirty-one players were arrested on charges of varying seriousness during his tenure at Florida. Then you had the whole thing with Ohio State, where he got suspended for three games because he knew about um, a domestic violence issue with one of his co- his wide receivers coach Zach Smith um, there was also some performance and drug issues he and then and then he goes and does this interview with ESPN where he's like well it was a bad decision uh, yeah you think like it's, it's all it's always like retrospect for him and now he and now we've got this and he does a one you know with Chris Doyle and he does a 180 after everybody goes um what the fuck Urban Meyer you just hired a guy who's pretty much a you know who's a documented racist so look I think if I'm a Jags fan if I'm a thinking Jags fan who's not blinded by my love for Urban Meyer and my hope that he's going to turn the Jaguars into you know a new University of Florida is the Jaguars really needed a fresh start. And to me, it's 
unconscionable that Urban Meyer is coaching the Jaguars, a guy who's never coached or won a game at the NFL level, mind you, has zero wins in the NFL. Meanwhile, Eric Bieniemy, who's been to two straight Super Bowls, is still a coordinator, does not have a job. It beyond me. It's it's unconscionable that he doesn't have a job and Urban Meyer is coaching the Jaguars. It's such a big risk for the Jaguars to bring in someone with this much baggage. And the last thing I'll say is I'm shocked that Shad Khan allowed this to happen because Shad Khan is someone who has been the victim of a lot of racism. You guys should have seen and heard the things that people wrote and said on our social media pages for the radio station that I worked for, Who the things they called in and said to us when Chad Khan bought the team back in 2012, I think it was. This is a guy who's the American dream. He moved here from Pakistan. He got his college degree. He bought the auto parts factory that he worked at, started supplying bumpers, plastic bumpers to the big three automakers, and he's now a billionaire who owns a football team, a soccer team, and part of a wrestling league. Like, and this, and I, I'm just, I mean, he's, he is the epitome of the American dream. He has faced racism and institutional and otherwise at every step of the way. And to hire, to allow him to go out and, and sign off on that hiring, because Shot apparently knew about, about Urban wanting, or hiring Chris Doyle. Like, Urban ran it by Shot and Shot signed off on it. So I'm just kind of confused about that as well. Dangles. But listen, my man, that is the Urban Meyer effect. He hypnotizes people around him because it's all, it's all in the name of redemption. It's all in the name of second chances. It's all in the name of spirit and character and faith-based and redemption. Sure, that's that's, that's all like, well and like, good, and, and, but you got no, a guy but, with a track but, but, but record of, of, of... But that's what I'm saying. Like he, he, he hypnotizes decision makers around him to believe, oh, this is a good hire. You know why? Because I vetted him and my word is God. And that's what he does. And that's why, that's why it doesn't surprise me that a guy like Khan would sign off on it because I'm sure Urban... He could sell anything to anybody. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, for myself, uh, as a man who runs a podcast that might be a potential partner with a podcast that uh, has Urban Meyer on it, I just want to say I'm a big fan of you, Urban. I uh, support every decision you make, and I hope I can have you on the show in the future. But let's move on now to, uh, to a, little, a little gift I have for you two. Now, I was, uh, uh, it was a dereliction of duty for me to not mention this last week because it flew past me. But I was a big fan of the AAF. I was a big fan of the XFL. They made me money when the NFL turned off. And little did I know that there was a secondary football league debuting last weekend. And I had the chance to watch this fan-controlled football on their Twitch station starring Johnny Manziel. I have to tell you two... This is actually an entertaining broadcast. The, the, the filming of it was great. The production level of it was great. Marshawn Lynch was there. Miro, the AEW wrestler, was there that Dangles mentioned that company earlier. It was a lot of fun to watch, but there is one caveat I have to say. Fan-controlled football means the fans pick the plays that get to be run on the football field. Great in, in essence, a great idea, but the problem is, as you know, boys, that play clock is a run-it, and it took over a minute and 15 seconds for each play to be made. And over a minute of 15 seconds of game clock running down before the next play came in, the huddle was broken, and they lined up and ran the play. I have to say, we're about to do the QB list right now, and every single QB on this list, except for the bottom two, would be the current MVP of the fan-controlled football league. Shea for the Sharp, you played flag football with me not too long ago, and you saw the uh, limitations of my right arm. I could dominate this fan-controlled football league, I guarantee you. This is the easiest looking. It is arcade football. As long as you force out the pocket so you don't have to use your legs. It, that's all they did. There was no throws. <laughs> it was a three-man rush, and then Johnny Manziel ran for 40 yards at a clip. It's a tiny field. It looks like it's built in, in, in an arena smaller than a college basketball arena. Bob Mennery is there making money off of an awful voice act that he does. It doesn't make any sense. There are points all over the place. Dangles, let me tell you this, though. This is how they do the extra point. I'm not joking. This is how they do the extra point. It's called man up. There is a QB, and he takes a, a, a ball from the two-yard line off of a stool, and while his receiver is on the right getting defended one-on-one -on -one by one of the defending corners, there is no time limit. There is no, like, you know, he must throw in five seconds. It's literally So it's like just one-on-one -on -one basketball, essentially. As soon as I take this ball off of the stationary stool, my wide receiver can run a route and keep running until he's finally open for me to throw it. It is a lot going on in fan-controlled football. I do, I do recommend you all watching it just to see what's going on because I think the production of it is actually really good. 
the sport itself needs some help, and I have yet to find a way to make money on it. But my promise to you listeners, this is the show that makes you money. I will find a way to make money on fan-controlled football, even if I die trying watching a minute and 15 seconds go off in real time before each play is run. I was pulling my fucking eyes out watching this game. But fan-controlled football, you have a fan in me. Same with Urban Meyer. But that's it for the NFL Hot Topic Talk. Let's jump to my favorite podcast of the year, the QB ranking, starting off with number 60, baby, the Nathan Peterman Award. That's coming up next. Left Coasters. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Longtime listeners of the podcast will know this is a fun, fun time of the year. This is when the three hosts get together and individually rank every single NFL QB starter from the past season. We combine those three rankings together to make the ultimate master list of the West Coast Gamblers QB rankings. This year, we have the most contestants in the history of this list, mostly due to COVID. 60 players, 60 players started a game at QB in the NFL in the year of 2020. So we went through it all, 1 through 60. And right now, we are going to give you out numbers 60 to 43, the basement bottom dwellers of the QB rankings. If you have a QB here on your team and you think he's a future starter, I have bad news for you. If you have a backup here, you might be in trouble. Thank God Jordan Love doesn't make this list because I don't think he'd be too high if Aaron Rodgers were to go down. But let us start off with again, again, a unanimous victor for the Nathan Peterman Award, an award we give out to the worst QB in the league that started a game. Nathan Peterman won this thing twice, being unanimous both times. Uh, There was a couple of times we wanted to give this award out to people and we fought about it, but again, we hit a unanimous victor. And this one is not his fault, okay? It's like Robin Williams telling Matt Damon, it's not your fault, all right? Kendall Hinton, you were put in a tough situation. Your whole entire QB room took their masks off and started kissing each other, ended up getting COVID, and had to sit the day of the game. And suddenly a practice squad wide receiver who didn't play quarterback since he was in high school is now starting an NFL game. And yours truly was stupid enough to pick him up in fantasy and start him at wide receiver thinking he was getting a bump in play. He did nothing in that game. And I just want to say, This is not your fault, Kendall Hinton. We're not renaming this award the Kendall Hinton Award. It will forever be the Nathan Peterman Award. But if you send us your address, we will send you the hard copy of the award. You can put it up on yourself. Because, again, you did something that none of us are ever going to do. You start an NFL game at quarterback. It's a career achievement for you, and I'm happy it happened. Do you two have anything to say about the poor man, Kendall Hinton, other than it being the biggest black eye in the year of the NFL in 2020? Mr. Hinton actually made me uh, significant money. When news of that broke, I was on Twitter and I looked at my local shop and it, it, the line was still at Saints minus six and a half. I got a bet in. I went to bet it again and it already moved up to 14 and closed at 17. So I have fond memories of Mr. Hinton and quarterback. Thank you, Kendall. I doubt Broncos fans have fond memories of that or really this season at all. One for nine uh, for 13 yards and two interceptions will be his final uh, line as a quarterback in the NFL. But agreed, he was set up to fail by his idiot quarterbacks who took their masks off. I was I was rooting for him, man. I remember watching that game. I was rooting for him. I, I wanted him to do so well. I remember Phil Lindsay actually played the first snap as a Wildcat quarterback before Hinton came in. But the first play, they ran like a bootleg for Hinton, and he threw the ball. It was it was over immediately. You knew there was nothing that was going to go right that day. But hey, Kendall Hinton, you're here in our hearts. I hope you have a future in this league playing in some way, shape, or form. But it's not going to be a quarterback. You're coming in at number 60. Number 59. And this one hurts, Dangles. Me and you both represent the Italian brand hard here, but Ben DiNucci is a 59th Uh, ranked quarterback. Well, there's a reason why there aren't uh, a lot of, uh, I think, Italian-American football players. Uh, It's not our sport. We're good at a lot of things. We're good at making pasta and cars uh, and wine and balsamic vinegar, but uh, football (laughs) players and uh, American football players, unfortunately, not on that list. Nope, Ben DiNucci, again, a guy I was really rooting for. I would have loved to have a DiNucci jersey, but hey, 59th quarterback in the league. Now let's start with the guy who would definitely be the MVP of the fan-controlled football league, but does not deserve to play another snap in the NFL. And a guy, if you listened to us from last year, I was dead wrong on. I called him a backup you would want to back up a Tom Brady. But Brian Hoyer comes in at 58th overall. And it's all you have to see. 
When you have, uh, if you're looking on paper this offseason, you're trying to sign a backup quarterback, and you see Brian Hoyer and Chad Henney, they look the same on paper. They have the same skills. They have the same length in the league. You assume you're getting the same guy. And yet when you're watching Brian Hoyer fail in the red zone for a New England Patriots game, and that was the game where the Patriots died, by the way. That was this season a season-defining loss when he just threw the ball away multiple times in the red zone, could not complete the simplest of plays. And then you go to Chad Henney, who runs a fourth-and-two route, calm, cool, and collected to Tyreek Hill in the corner. Right play call, right player, got the job done. There are men who can do it, and there are men who cannot. Chad Henney is not going to be on this list right now, but Brian Horrier is at number 58. Number 57, Dangles, Jake Luton, Jaguars guy. I actually liked what I saw out of Jake Luton a little bit. I'm surprised he's this low. I had him a little bit higher, 54. I wow. will as we keep going. I had him at 54 too, Tom. I as we keep going, I I will be the I will say what our differences were. Right now, our differences aren't too much uh, to talk about. 56 comes in at Jeff Driscoll. You guys like this guy a lot more than I do. I think Jeff Driscoll stinks, but he comes in at 56. I think it's a good spot for him. 55 and 54, we have our first tie. Now the ties are broken by who had the individual ranking the highest. Brett Rippian is at 55, and Garrett Gilbert, another Cowboys quarterback, comes in at 54. Dangles, you had Garrett Gilbert in the in the low 40s. Anything you saw out of Garrett Gilbert that made you go, ah, may, maybe the, a shot and a chance there? No, not, not, not really to start. Uh, uh, I just think I'm looking at some of the guys who are uh, in that area around him. I, yeah, I had him at 48, Ryan Finley directly behind him. Uh, to oh, Rod Taylor, talk about Ryan uh, you know, we'll talk about them later. You know, Brett Rippin, I did have at that 51. Um, I just, I think I just thought he was better than, than the other guys. I seem to remember watching him and being like, oh, okay, you know, considering where the Cowboys are and, and maybe it was in close proximity to the Jake Danucci start. So it's possible that had an impact on me as well because the, or the Ben Danucci start, because that was so bad. His name is Ben. He's an Italian. Get his goddamn name right. Now, let's talk about having a chance. Because when you go through these lower guys, we're going to rifle through them. Because, again, when you have Garrett Gilbert out there, he's not going to give you a chance to win. I thought Brett Ripien was a little bit feisty. He might give me a chance to win. But a guy who, in my opinion does not give you a single chance, a shot in hell to win a football game is coming up next at 53 overall. And he right now is the biggest differential that we will have on these rankings so far. A 13-spot differential from where I had him, personally 57th, and where Drew had him, personally 44th. He comes in exactly where Dangles put him, however. Dwayne Haskins is the 53rd-ranked quarterback. In my opinion, there is no future in the league for Dwayne Haskins. Drew, why do you think he has a shot to be one of the top 10 backups in the league? Simple, just his literally arm talent. I mean, the guy's got a the guy's got a bazooka arm. Obviously, I mean, more defined details of his immaturity with the COVID stuff. But I mean, he did get drafted in the top fifteen. I think he sucks. Obviously, I had him at I had him at forty four. And so that, that's not me, sucked, like, I, though. That's I was going to say, you're, uh, yeah, that's the twelfth backup okay. in the league. Okay, uh, I wouldn't want so, him on the team. So no, so 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 let me say this: all the guys that I had behind him, obviously, I would rather have Dwayne Haskins start an NFL game for me than every guy I listed behind him just for his arm talent. That's it. Just for his arm talent. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit so, off. I would rather have a guy like Brett Ripien because I know he's going to do the right thing on the football field. I don't care that Dwayne Haskins no, can throw the no, ball to no, the moon. No. He can't, no, I think he can't hit a slant route. No, I think what you do off the field matters too. You know, I, I, that's a, that's a, that's part of it. It's a leader thing. And does this guy have a future in the NFL? I'm If I'm a coach, I'm not trusting Dwayne Haskins to lead my locker room. There's a I'm guy, just not. I also can't believe you're standing for a Buckeye. There's a guy that we no, haven't. I'm not. There's a guy that we haven't talked okay. about yet that was on the same team, and you saw, you saw the difference in that team the second Taylor Heineke stepped on the field. Is Taylor Heineke have more talent than Dwayne Haskins? No, but he's a better leader of men, and you have to be that when you're a quarterback. Dwayne Haskins wouldn't be on my team. I don't care what his arm talent is. And Pittsburgh signed him along with Mason Rudolph, and they don't know what Big Ben's going to be. I think it's an idiotic move. I understand the talent is there, but the talent was in a uh, uh, what's-his-face that went to the Raiders first overall. You have to be able to do it on the field as well. Jamarcus Russell. Listen, I get it. I get it. I don't like the guy. I think he's, he's he just finished his second year in the league. He's obviously labeled right now uh, correctly a complete first-round bust. I'm just not ready to completely write him off the oblivion as a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not willing to do it. Dwayne Haskins came in last year. He's ranked 35th on our list from last year, and now he fell to 53rd overall. 52 overall. This guy has been falling for the five years we've done this podcast. Number 19 five years ago, number 22, number 32, number 41 last year, and now he lands at 52. 
it's Joe Flacco. It's the elite Joe Flacco. I actually liked what Joe did for the uh, for his team this year. I thought he did it a little bit better than most. I had him 47th. Dangles had him lower at 54th. He's not a guy I would run out and sign, but also I thought he could he could, he could still make plays. I, I I'd give him a Chad Henney chance. Number 51, though, we got to talk about. And Drew, get ready to defend yourself again. Uh, you had Dwayne Haskins 44th. You had this man 40th. He comes in at 51st, tied for 50th, but lower because uh, uh, we'll talk about who made 50th. 51st is RG3. I think RG3 is done. Dangles thinks RG3 is done. Drew has him as one of the top 10 backups in the league. RG3, what, wow. what, what has he shown you this year that makes you think, I would want this guy to back up Jared Goff in Detroit? I would not want him to back up, back up Jared Goff in Detroit, but I think in the system he's in, where he gets to basically mentor Lamar and basically run scout team Lamar and that that running that running system that the Ravens have. I saw him in the Thanksgiving game, uh, or I was just say was it the Wednesday game yeah. against the Steelers. Yeah. So he 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 kept. You talk about giving his chance a team to win. I don't care how flat the Steelers were. He 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 had that team in the game the whole time. He now he ended up getting hurt. But I I I don't know. Again, top, top ten backup. I don't I, I don't put too much stock into that but i like him as a backup quarterback on the ravens i do i do i i just that's too high for rg3 former heisman winner speaking of too high and uh this one's my fault he was tied for rg3 but he comes in at 50th because i had him higher than 40th on my individual list dangles and drew hate this guy so i'm gonna have to defend myself here but my man PJ Walker comes in at 50th overall. The biggest. Dif- I'm sorry. Well, you had him where? The biggest differential we had on this entire list. 20 spots different. Drew had this man PJ Walker back up for the Carolina Panthers at 57th overall. If you can do quick math, that means I had him 37th overall. Now let me ask you why. <laughs> let me tell you why. It's because I really enjoyed PJ Walker in the league that wasn't named the NFL, and I still think. There's a chance P.J. Walker can be dangerous out there. Did he have a bad game when he had to start in the NFL? Yes, he did. For sure he did. The stats are Is not my friend Is there a reason here. why he wasn't a starting quarterback in the NFL before and had to play in the other league? Yes, there was. I think let, hey, if me, you give P.J. Walker a chance. Let me interrupt. You and Dangles, on a polygraph, if your life depended on it, I want the truth. Did you watch a live snap? of pj walker play for the carolina panthers yes, this year not i did not a highlight did you, so I you did. watched live snap Tony i did Scrape, yes did you on I, a polygraph test did you did you do it i played the fifth okay so i watched him play six live quarters you know why because one time he was playing my lions and he shut him out 20 to nothing yeah oh i wonder why that team was so far gone they had given up on patricia he was about to get fired in five days and he was terrible against the Lions when they were a shell of their defense. And then, and then inexplicably, I took <laughs> for big money in week 17 of my pick five pool, I took the Carolina Panthers to cover six and a half points against the Saints at home. And I had Teddy Covers. I thought he was going to cover. And somehow Matt Rule takes Teddy Covers out to see what he has in PJ Walker. And oh my God. I like, like it basically was like the, the ball on the stool and the receiver, except he was thrown to nobody. He finished the season with a QBR of 12 of 12. Tony so, boy, PJ. so next time, next time when you rank a guy in your top 50, you come at me for <laughs> bitching about Dwayne Haskins or RG three. Why don't you watch a fucking snap? Hey man, I watched plenty of snaps of his, uh, it was either the XFL, or the AAF. I can't remember what, cause it doesn't matter. I think there's a chance. I think you give him enough time, he Shut could be up. Taylor Heineke tomorrow. I'm rooting for you, PJ Walker. Again, you want we're bringing we're bringing the EP the English Premier League back around here. This was somebody who was in the cha- in the league below. He got promoted up because he did well, exactly. And now he's going to get relegated back to whatever the other league is. He's going to be in fan controlled football before long. I'm giving you a chip. PJ Walker would dominate fan controlled football. All right, don't you dare put him in that league. <laughs> Let's move on to number forty nine, a guy who we differ we differed seventeen spots on. The argument's not over. Okay, forty nine is Ryan Finley. I had Ryan Finley 41st overall, just outside the, oh, I guess he is a top 10 backup. Drew, you had Ryan Finley as the third worst quarterback in the league. 
I thought Ryan Finley played amazing this year against that Pittsburgh team for that Bengals team. That Bengals team was one of the worst teams in the league. That offensive line was miserable, and he did well for them. There's a beautiful gif of him rushing for the first down to seal the game, and you just see a big tooth-eating grin as he lying there on the ground and bodies are being picked up off of him. We had Ryan Finley last he year. He was so good. As the he fifth... was so good. Will he you let me finish? All... He was... <laughs> He was 53rd on the list last year. He is 49th on the list this year. Drew, you clearly have something to say. He was so good backing up Joe Burrow. When Joe Burrow got hurt, they brought in Brandon Allen, who was working at Best Buy, to start a game for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's how good that Ryan Finley was. And people that know way more about gambling in NFL than I do have often said Ryan Finley is easily, easily on the talent level. He's got little doll hands. You know, like your sister's. At American, like he's got like little Samantha doll hands, and he is awful. So good job. Taylor Heineke was he selling finished. cars. What do you want? Sometimes they make five, a mistake. He was, he was five of seventeen uh, with a TD and two picks with a QBR of forty nine. Give him a trophy, dude. That's fine. He, he won the game. He won the game. He won. He has a victory. A V. If your job in the NFL is to bat, you're a backup quarterback, which means if you're starting to get hurt, guess what? Next man up, you're up. They literally brought a guy off the street to start <laughs> over him. What is that? And how do you rate him? How do you rate him in the top fifty? He lands at forty nine, and that guy they brought off the street is number forty eight, Mister Brandon Allen. Coming up the list, he was fifty one last year. So keep going, Brandon. You might be a starter soon. Number forty seven and forty six were tied. Forty seven is Colt McCoy. No difference on us. We all had him around here. Again, I don't think you're going to light the world on fire if you have Colt McCoy. Number forty six, however, and we need to talk about this because we don't know if the uh, the current starter of this team is staying or going. And there's a chance that the two Steelers quarterbacks are gone on this list already. 46 is Mason Rudolph. If you're a Pittsburgh fan right now, what do you have to look forward to? Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. I'd be a little nervous as I, if I were you. I had Mason a little bit lower at 52nd overall. 46 is where he lands. It's where you guys had him around. What do you have to say about Mason and, and how worried should you be if you're a Pittsburgh fan? I think you're a little worried. I mean, look, he did okay, right, um, backing up Ben Roethlisberger in 2019 when he got hurt, and obviously then uh, Rudolph got hurt, and we we had the uh, you know the, the brief reign of Duck Hodges. Yeah. Um, but he he showed that he could manage a team and that they could win some games. Uh, you know when when the chips are down. So, you know. Am I, am I, um, you know, having a meltdown if like, if I'm a Jaguars fan and going, oh my God, our choices are Gardner Minshew and Jake Luton and Mike Glennon, maybe not, but, um, but I don't feel great about it being Dwayne Haskins and, uh, uh, Mason. Oh gosh. Now Mason Rudolph. I can't even remember his name. He's that unimportant, uh, being my quarterbacks heading into training camp. So I, I guess we have to wait and see what happens with big Ben, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm looking maybe at maybe at a late round quarterback in a draft if I'm a Steelers fan. They they have to start somewhere. Mason Rudolph will never be appointed like the Steelers quarterback of the future. At this point, he is fighting for his backup life, holding a clipboard. He might carve himself out a nice career there, make himself a lot of money. Um, there is no chance that he is going to be a sustained starter in this league. I'm sorry, no chance. I think he might be a successful backup. But there's no way Pittsburgh is going to go into the season, especially with a contending team with him at the helm. Zero chance. Speaking of successful backups, this guy impressed me this year. Uh, he, you know, Again, I've never signed this guy to be a starter, even though Chicago did once a long time ago. He is the neck of a giraffe. But Mike Glennon comes in at 45th overall in a tie with the man above him. But I, I, I actually really liked what I How saw out of Mike, Mike Glennon. Glennon this year. I How did. How about Mike Glennon this year? I did. Not too bad. He played five games, uh, had a 62% completion, threw for over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, five picks. That's that's not bad in backup work for a guy who I, I you, you can, you can tell team. me exactly— for not only for a terrible team, and you could tell me exactly where, Tony, but I'm pretty sure that this guy has been around the bottom, if not the worst, you know, maybe once or twice in, in the past. Oh, he's he's been low on our list. No, I, I really enjoyed what Mike Glennon did for that terrible team. I thought he, he completed a lot of good-looking deep balls. I could see why Chicago paid him the money thinking he had a shot. He didn't have a shot. But I think Mike Glennon will be the, what Drew just described for Mason Rudolph. I think he's going to be around for a while. Another guy who I thought had more promise. 
Okay, I thought had more promise. Two years ago, we ranked him 31st overall. The year after, the person starting ahead of him played all 16 games, so he wasn't in our rankings. Now he comes in at 44th overall. Dangles had him as high as 42nd. Drew had him as low as 50. But for me, this was a very disappointing year, a comeback down-to-earth year for Nick Mullins. Another team Mm. that has question marks at the quarterback position. Now we know that Nick Mullins is not the player. We haven't named the other two quarterbacks that started for that team this year. There's a chance Jimmy G isn't on the team anymore and they get a guy like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz. Who knows? But clearly Nick Mullins isn't the answer. And that that stinks because I kind of like the kid. Yeah, it is too bad. I liked him too. It was a fun, you know, out of nowhere story. And you love, you know, we've talked a lot about that actually on this podcast that, you know, coming out of nowhere stories, the underdog that you cheer for. But yeah. this was unfortunately a missed opportunity this year for Nick Mullins. Uh, he had 16 giveaways, not good nope. in, in eight games that he started. 12 picks and four lost fumbles. You cannot be giving the ball away like that in the NFL. No, and that's why he was sad for a guy we haven't mentioned yet and we will not mention on this podcast because we're only going to 43, the bottom tier the bottom tier starting quarterbacks. And number 43 is the second of three Allens to be on this podcast. Kyle Allen comes in at 43. Last year, Kyle Allen, we thought was a little bit impressive. We had him ranked as a starter. We had him 31st overall. The year before that, we had him 49th overall. He comes back down to earth, 43rd, just missing the cut to be in the top 10 backup list. Kyle Allen, I believe he's still signed with the Washington football team. Not sure if that was a one-year deal or not. But either way, Drew... You had uh, Kyle Allen uh, at 43rd overall. Dangles had him at 41st. I had him a lot lower at 49th. Again, do you think this guy has a future holding the clipboard for the league, or, or is it not worth the, not worth the trouble? No, I, I think he carved himself out a little uh, a little uh, backup in the NFL. Um, you know, I mean, he's like I I realize that some some sharps are talking about. He's got also very small hands. I think it's funny how a grown man can talk about another man's hands. Um, and he's got small hands, but yeah, I, I don't see why not. He could maybe carve himself in the back end of a, an NFL uh, backup job. Well, either way, that is our list for the bottom tier starters in the NFL, 60 through 43. A fiery list of guys we'll probably not talk about next year because they'll be playing for fan-controlled football. But that is it for the West Coast Gamblers. For Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer, Kirkston, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, myself, Tony Cavallo, Brinks Truck Bet of the Week, baby, Tony Top Shelf, Schaefer the Sand Trap, and Dangles, whatever we're calling your soccer nickname. Can't wait to see how it works out. And uh, Just Dangles actually, I think, works for <laughs> soccer and hockey. We could run with that. Dangles the Dangler. All right, that's all we got for you today. We'll see you next week. And again, thank you for listening. should be simple just put on your shoes and go and yet when you try to learn about how to get better at it especially as you age you're confronted with conflicting advice complicated workouts and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you on the planted runner i'll share exactly how to run faster longer and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run, where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.